Hello, everybody. This is Chris from the Mr. Mark Podcast, and this is another one of our shorter topics, I suppose, is what we're calling them, until we find a better name for that. Phil, you have <coughs> decided to bring something controversial that's not really controversial, but it's totally controversial, but isn't controversial to us today? I don't know. I don't think it's controversial. No. Maybe not well thought out. Also, we could call this a segment, Putting on the Shorts. Putting on the Shorts. Putting on the Shorts. Da, 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 da. I love... Uh, <laughs> uh, Putting on the Shorts! Thank you, thank you. Young yes. Frankenstein. Thank you, yes. Thank Everybody you. was right there. Yeah. Everybody was right there. Anyway, looking through Twitter, there was a hot take, the kind of hot take that I will Bad not... Bad take! Which I will not touch on Twitter for at the 240 character limit or whatever. Yeah. But since we have our own soapbox, drag it on out! The topic was, and I'm paraphrasing, you're not really playing D&D unless you're playing one of the setting books or one of the modules. You take that back. Oh, you didn't say it. Somebody else did. I didn't say it. Never mind. The OP was just wrong. This is my double take. What? Right, like a sound of like the coconut sound from a cartoon. Like, like what? I saw it. I rolled my eyes and immediately rolled past it. Right. This is not the kind of content I normally engage with on Twitter. It's just it's just a bad take. But then I like wanted like we were kicking it around the car on our way to go get cider and donuts and stumbled on to the idea that essentially, with the exception of a few places, all settings and modules are homebrew content at one point in their life cycle. That's true. Yep. That's These are true. accurate statements. Most yes. most from for what Phil said is true. Most settings are homebrew content before their settings. I yeah. mean, if you liked Forgotten Realms, that would at one point was somebody's home campaign. You like those critical not, role not folks? somebody's Ed Greenwood. Yeah, Ed yeah. Greenwood. Yeah. I mean, he literally yeah. showed up to like go like read the history of it. Ed showed up at TSR with like a binder, a box, or something with the map and a whole bunch of stuff, and it was just shit he made. And that's your main setting now for. Yeah, it's your main setting. Your main setting was the D and D movie will be in that dude's homebrew setting. Exactly. Yep. yep. Dragonlance was yeah. Dragonlance was just like the in-house game that. Yeah, it was an in-house game. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was crafted on purpose. I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah, there are a couple of instances. That, like of, when you talk about purposefully yeah, crafted, if you talk about the instances of perfectly purposefully crafted ones, I think the most popular one that we all know about today. That was a homebrew game that became a published setting. Is the Critical Role folks' setting, which is a yeah. D and D setting now. That was a streamed home game. They were just playing for fun, and then uh, Geek and Sundry was like, "Why don't you come stream the game on our show?" And now you have Critical Role, everybody. Yep. And now there's a book published by Watsy that is their campaign setting. Yep. yep. The flip side of that is that there are also some people out there who have this idea that if you play any published campaign or anybody's that, that if you don't homebrew your stuff, you're not really a GM. Uh, these these arrogant pricks that are like, well, I only run homebrew. I would never run a module. You know what? Fuck those guys too. If you're having fun with your game, doesn't matter if it's homebrew. Doesn't matter if it's somebody's pre-published material. Doesn't matter if it's a mix of all the all of the above. If you're having fun, it's a good game, and you're a good GM. I mean, look, the shortcut of this is that doesn't mean you can't get better. That's true. That doesn't mean you can't be better. Yeah, I mean the shortcut of this is. I don't know why you're listening it, to this if you're not, not trying to get better. <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to role playing game advice, GMing advice, RPG advice, whatever, you should just avoid anything that's the only way. One true no wayism mm -hmm. is never correct. Nope. So there isn't one correct way to play Dungeons and Dragons. There isn't one correct way to run a campaign. You're not any better or worse if you use published material or write your own shit. It doesn't matter. I almost never use published material. 
I don't think I'm inherently better than anyone else because I don't use it. I just like writing my own shit because yeah. I like the control of crafting what I want <clears throat> rather than having to adjust what somebody else mm -hmm. came up with. That's just a me preference. I like to cherry pick out of stuff. Yeah. Or jerry pick in my case. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Jerry pick. <clears throat> That's good. Yeah. yeah. So I do it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, well, I mean, look, there are certain games. We're going to talk about it in a, in a different show. There are certain games where I only use published material because I actually don't think I could write better material than the published material. And then there are games where I absolutely will just write my own shit because I know I can write what I want. I didn't need a Knights Black Agents campaign. I was very comfortable that I could do that one myself. So it's a it's just a bad take. But the point being for people who don't um, have an inside view into the industry. Right. Most of these things get cooked up at somebody's table before it ever sees production. That's true. Yeah. Like every pretty much everybody I know in the industry has a thing they're working on that they're workshopping it like with a home group or they have a test group or whatever. And it's just loose leaf paper and notes, you know, roughed up mm -hmm. until they're like, this has enough material to now be a thing. Uh -huh. And the the process of taking the ideas, the writing, and turning it into a published material, that's just publishing. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's just that's, that's, that's just called, making a book. That's called yeah. editing. Yeah. And printing and layout. Layout and mm -hmm. art purchases. My first book for Dark City Games was just a homebrew that we put together because we were writing a game that we were sending to a friend of ours who was in the service overseas. And we'd send him like five pages of programmed adventure every two weeks. And he would tell us what happened and then mm -hmm. we would write the next section for him. That just was something that we we play tested a couple times, then put into a game. All these things happen, and we've, and we've gone through this process yeah. several times at yeah. this point. Dangerous like, as a company. Oh, yeah. Dangerous Space Jail was a OneDrive page that had a set of encounters on it for me to run Dangerous Space Jail. Sure, it wasn't until after I played it a bunch of times I was like, oh, I should write the text that is actually in the PDF today. Like that text did not exist until I was, yeah. until I had played it a whole bunch of times. I mean, the streets of Avalon is Brett's homebrew setting. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> like for like 25 years. Yeah. And that's the whole point of this is like, there's no magic to publishing a book. There's money and talent, but there's no magic to it. Mm -hmm. a, a group of people with a certain set of skills and a certain amount of money come together. They perform oh. a pretty much known set of activities. I wanted to take umbrage with what you said, because like, I didn't understand your, your term of use magic, but your term of use magic is that it's not an unknowable, unthinkable process. Correct. It's a process that can be understood and re replicated. No, don't get me wrong. When Tim Jones takes like the words I write for the description of something and turns it into a thing visually, mm -hmm. I jokingly call that sorcery. But in truth, Tim is an incredibly talented graphic designer. Correct. And given a reasonably good description, Tim is the kind of person who can take off with a thing and make some stuff happen. But when, when I say magic, I mean like unattainable. I got it. But what I, got but what it. I, what I, what I clarified, what, what we're kind of getting back to is that just because something is published or isn't published doesn't make it any better or worse. There are hmm? lots of game designers out there. And just because somebody has a game and has designed it doesn't mean that they're a better GM or a worse GM. It just hmm? means that they've managed to go through the process of hmm. getting something published. And sometimes it's just a case of knowing the right people or getting the right, you know, getting the right funding, neither which are bad. But uh, it's okay to just look at something and say, I like this. I like to play in this setting, or I don't want to play in this setting and do something else. Go ahead, Phil. Chris, what's your feels on the um, Spelljammer adventure? Oh, you want me to tell you? You don't have to unpack it fully, but like, it's published material. Like, I'm not going to be mean anymore. No, you don't have to well, be. 
when we were in private, and I think maybe I've said it on the mics at one point in time, I, I think I might have called it trash. It's not what I would call it good. Yeah. There are cool ideas in there, and I get what it's trying to do. So I forgive it for the fact <coughs> that it's trying to do some very specific things. We just a tour of the Spelljammer setting. Sure. sure. And you have to do some very specific things to do that. And they start you at level five, and they send you off in, in the wild space right away. But the hooks and the reasonings for that adventure are very, very thin. And personally, my big thing is, like, you need to give people real reasons to go do X. Yeah, absolutely. And while it's a real reason, I read it and it didn't resonate with me at all. I'm like, I don't know why any character would care other than the fact that their planet's going to be destroyed. It's, it's Which the, that they don't care about because they haven't played on that planet sure. for a while. You gotta get it's, off it's, this planet, it's gonna it, blow it's, up. It's, yeah. it's the rise of Tiamat problem. The first time you see, you come over the hill and there's a green dragon attacking a city and you're like, well... We're not going there. Sure, there's a billion yeah. reasons for, well, they have to get off the planet, otherwise they die, right? Yeah. So, like, I get it. You get on a ship, you yeah. going to space, but why are you going, like, do you really need to go save your planet? Mm -hmm. You could just hang out in space, because, I it mean, be characters might have some attachment to that planet, but the, we don't know who those characters are or what they give a darn about, because the adventure doesn't do anything to say those characters should, which is why, when I run it, I haven't told my <laughs> players yet, which I probably should in Session Zero's tomorrow. <laughs> I'm in that session zero. There's going to be, they're going to start at level three and have two adventures, levels of adventuring on the planet well, that's cool. before they go into space, which will make some people sad because that means they don't get to be gift or anything that's weird from outer space. Although I might let somebody just do that and be like, you better just give me a reason for why you're on this planet and why you don't know about wild space. They'll be like, sure, you want to be a hippo person? Fine. You want to be a plasmoid person? Fine. Why are you on I this planet? I crashed here a long time ago and I don't remember anything. I'm going to go play the Odo card. Just sure, that's fine. The plasma guy has no idea who I am. Yeah, and suddenly, yeah. it's like you got to get to wild Wait. space. Wait, what? Also, it is a series of interesting encounters. It's not great. Like the the connective material is not fantastic. The story threads that are built into it from character to character, like NPC to NPC, not fantastic. I've been pondering how to fix it for like two months. And my point to that was not to dunk on it. My point to that was not everything published is great. Not everything homebrew is trashed, right? And, and vice versa. versa. Like, yep. that's the whole point. The whole point is, like... In the meantime, you got a little bit of a inside view of what that Spelljam adventure is like. Correct. There's yeah. some cool stuff in there. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, oh, that's neat. That's neat. That's neat. I wish this was not all in a vacuum. Right. Yeah. But it's in wild space. <laughs> I yeah. know. That's why I said vacuum. <laughs> that's not a... But guess what? There's, it's not... You, know, you could have, like, little air bubbles around you, even in wild space. So, going back to the original hot take... Right, you're not really playing D and D unless you're playing the setting or the. That person's dumb. It's a bad take, and they hopefully might... we've kind of explained why. Yeah, they might not be dumb, but they're definitely dumb in that moment. <laughs> it's not a great take. I think ignorant is the word you're looking for, probably. So when it comes to Twitter hot takes, some people just do them to spark controversy, right? Some people just those are trolly kind of statements. I hate discussing things on Twitter. Well, that's why I don't do it on Twitter, right? There's no way, like I can't type all that out. Mm -hmm. nor do I want to type all that out. Yeah. Mm. We have our own soapbox. Yeah. Sure. So anyway, point being is, um, it's all somebody's homebrew at some point. Mm -hmm. yep. And that's fine. Have all fun good. with it. Go play what you want to play. Having fun, doing it right.